This is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field. Corn is really starting to jump out there now. Our corn on corn is starting to come out of that ugly phase and uh, everything's moving into the rapid growth. So you're seeing rows that are closing in a fast pace. Soybeans are, are about to go into that ugly phase, meaning that you're going to see some light pale green color and they're going to slow down just a little bit and they're going to be uh, kind of bumbling along until they uh, get to the third trifoliate. And that third to fourth trifoliate is when they're going to start really making their own nitrogen and take off, but they're kind of tied up in the carbon penalty right now, and uh, you can see that in the color as well, but they'll be all right. Side dressing season is actually on the downhill run as guys are starting to finish up the side dress season. Uh, will be a, probably a little bit of a lull here before a lot of the wide drop season starts as far as it fires back up on the other side. And I can say as we look through now thousands of nitrate tests, uh, they have indicated a somewhat friendly nitrogen spring. Um, we could account for a lot of nitrogen out there and didn't have to get too aggressive with our bumping. Across the board, the most nitrogen did show up missing in the fall applied. Uh, if we had a tendency to be adding nitrogen uh, into the program, it came from the fall applied nitrogen. Um, but for the most part, uh, things did look pretty good, and I expect them to kind of stay that way in itself. Last few weeks we were talking about zinc striping in the corn and most of that has cleared up and went away with time um, but definitely this week and a little bit last week we started to see sulfur deficiency and the sulfur deficiency that we're seeing is mainly in our sandier fields in Tazewell County and uh, Donovan, Morocco, Indiana, different places like that uh, and even on fields that had fall applied AMS. Uh, last December that was just too much rain to hang on to that sulfate and it looks like we've leached it away in the sand itself. So we are going back in uh, this week and we're putting some on, uh, some thiosol on with the Y drops just trying to straighten these fields out because they do look pretty severe. If you remember we talked about zinc striping uh, last time, well, sulfur striping is a little bit different um, where zinc striping wants to usually stop at the um, halfway up on the leaf the sulfur striping will run the whole leaf one of the big differences is uh, you'll have a, a discolored whirl so you'll see a light yellow whirl with striping in it uh, let's see if i can get zach to put some pictures up out of the fields that we were in uh, this past week and and just yesterday and the day before to show you the difference in that zinc striping itself but it from the pickup it could be mistaking for nitrogen deficiency because it does have a yellow top or yellow whirl Remember, with nitrogen, um, you're going to see firing and yellowing at the base of the plant on its way up. And these sulfur plants are going to be green-leafed at the bottom uh, with a light whirl at the top. So, again, I'm mainly looking at my sandier fields uh, in this situation where we're having the trouble. But some of it does look serious enough that we probably ought to react to it if you're seeing serious sulfur deficiency. And, again, I think... Uh, um, there's other ways that we can work on fixing this in the future, but right now it's that, that December month that got us in trouble. On the insect front, believe it or not, last week we had to treat a couple of fields for cutworms, some late planted fields and some replanted fields. Uh, so don't take your eyes off that late planted or replanted corn. Make sure the cutworm uh, isn't going to be a factor out there and, and reduce the stands even further. The corn borer moths are now flying. If you guys want to put some traps out, you can. We've got some traps out. But basically what we need to be doing is paying attention again to our non-GMO fields. 
Um, again, how big is the flight going to be? How aggressive is it is? We don't know at this point, but they are moving, and you could probably notice that if you're traveling at night. You're going to be pulling those whirls and unwrapping them and looking for larvae, larva feeding. Remember, we have to treat the field um, before those larvae come out of the whirl and actually get into the nodes themselves. The corn rootworm hatch is underway. They're probably going to be too small to float at this point or to see. But I would guess by the end of next week with the temperatures in the forecast that you're going to be able to start to see them in your floats if you want to float them in your salt water itself. Now, since we lost feared and there's not much we can do if we find a field with heavy pressure and heavy feeding. Um, but it is something we need to note because it's going to make differences on what the yield is out there, of course, and standability. But I'm going to ask this. If some of you do find heavy feeding out there, um, I would like to try some rescues with the Y-Drop to see if we can work with a couple different products there, see if we can actually make a difference or a dent in that population. So if you do find heavy rootworm feeding and you're up for a plot, uh, let us know here at the office itself. Now I did see some armyworm this week in wheat fields, uh, clipping stems. So let's uh, be on the watch, you guys, with the wheat. Make sure that you aren't dropping heads to the armyworm itself. Another area on the weed front, uh, man, there's a high number of fields out here that are showing up with Roundup resistance to, uh, on the water hemp side mainly. Um, guys, check these fields after you spray them. Don't just assume because you see some dead plants, they're going down. Number of the fields that we're in uh, this week, we got a 70% kill, meaning there's a lot of dead plants, but in amongst the dead plants, there's about 30% of them that are just blowing on through. The problem here, if we don't go back and check these sprayed fields, we're getting uh, out there too late. So these ones that make it through are getting too big. Uh, so we're starting to see some pretty large resistant weeds, and they're hard to kill at that point. So situation, don't, uh, don't just assume that you've cleaned it up because you've sprayed it. Matter of fact, it's probably time that we just start assuming we have Roundup resistance in our water hemp because it's just showing up in way too many fields and plan accordingly uh, from that side itself. I've gotten a lot of calls on what to expect with the three-day forecast in the mid-90s. heard one forecaster uh, say this morning we could bump 100 degrees. This corn doesn't have a big enough chassis uh, to handle that kind of heat, not to mention any kind of wind. So she's going to roll up tight. She's going to roll up tight to protect itself. The sins of the spring will be displayed uh, in the coming days if we do hit 90 degrees. Any field that was worked wet, sidewall compaction, wheel tracks, they're all going to pop out. You're going to see those, those plants express that pretty strong. So there's going to be um, you know, one field rolled up really tight and the next one may not be uh, rolled up near as tight or not at all. It's going to depend on how we manage our soil bulk density and our wheel traffic patterns and things like that. These fields are going to roll up quick that have those problems or stresses. They're going to roll up quick and they're going to stay rolled up late. But even fields that are in good to excellent shape from a vertical standpoint, these root systems out here are still not going to be handled and they're going to roll uh, if this forecast is correct as well. Now they're not going to roll up as tight, they're not going to roll up as soon, and they're going to unroll quicker. This plant is just flat out protecting itself, so it's geared to, to take this on. The good news is most of the corn is past the V6 window, 
and if we're going to have a hot dry spell, we want it to happen in that V8 to V12 time zone where corn can handle the stress. We've already picked the node and we've already picked the girth. The length is at risk here, but this corn plant can handle the stress in that window itself. So the timing, if we're going to have a little bit of a, a snap here, the timing is uh, such that the corn can handle it. Now the soybeans, it's going to slow them up a little bit, but probably not going to have much effect on them as long as this is a short-term weather event from that scenario itself. We've getting reports that uh, from the Canadians that they're dealing with a, with a pretty big outbreak of walleye up there and uh, they're asking for people to come up and help. So Zach and I, we're going to head up there on Friday to see what we can do to help them out. So uh, we'll leave you in the hands of Isaac and Katie next week. They'll keep things moving through here, the soil testing, the summer soil testing, and the nitrates, um, and you'll be in good hands there. So with that, until I talk to you in two weeks, keep it safe, keep it moving.